morning and the non-smiling faces as well. And uh, But I, it's good to be back in the house of the Lord. And I tell you, we missed our church. And uh, we had a wonderful time, but we missed our church. Uh, we didn't miss our kids, but we missed our church. And uh, uh, but uh, we, we did miss you all. Had a, had a wonderful time. Thank you for your prayers. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started and open with a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Caleb, sir, would you open this up, sir? Lord, thank you so much that uh, we just are able to gather together as a group and not be in fear. Lord, thank you so much for that mighty privilege. We just ask that you'd help us to have our hearts and minds prepared to hear from you today so that we can just learn how to just conduct ourselves to shine your light as best we can out onto this dark world. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.
believe. 442 in our hymn books this morning.
number 459 in our hymn books this morning for our last hymn before we have some great preaching. 459, leaning on the everlasting arms. 459. <laughs> God's house this morning, right? Amen. I'm, I'm praising the Lord that we're here and uh, we have the opportunity to worship and praise our Lord and Savior. I do want to say thank you to uh, everyone uh, for, we appreciate your prayers as we were on vacation. Miss Christy and I had a great time again and appreciate we knew that our church was praying. And I want to say thank you to all the men that uh, stood in the gap for us. And uh, I, I know it's it's, uh, it's a privilege to have, it's such a joy to have good men that we know that are uh, capable to fill the, uh, the gap and to uh, stand in the pulpit and preach the Word of God. And I appreciate those men that filled in for us. And I've heard nothing but good things uh, from uh, the preaching and from uh, all the things that happened. And we praise the Lord uh, for those that were able to fill in for us. And then I want to thank the Lord for... Uh, for um, yesterday, all the folks that came out yesterday and uh, uh, gave us a surprise birthday party. Lizzie came up with the idea, I guess, and and uh, we had a surprise birthday here at the church yesterday, and and uh, for Miss Christy and I, and uh, she's turned forty. Uh, I turned forty October the fourth, and she turned forty-two. And uh, uh, I say that we both turned forty, but she uh, she I always say she's just forty-two. 
as in she says, 40 also. And uh, but so everybody thinks that she's two years older than me, but she's only three days older than me, actually. But uh, we do appreciate all those that came out and uh, celebrated with us. We had a good time, and it was a surprise. Uh, you guys uh, did well. Lizzie gave me no clue until uh, that morning. Uh, or actually Friday, she said, uh, Dad, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, well, I said, I'm going out door knocking. Uh, Brother Doug Christman, he went out, he and I went out door knocking yesterday and had a great, great time uh, um, knocking on doors and witnessing to folks. And, uh, but I said, well, I'm going door knocking tomorrow. And she said, well, Dad, I've got somewhere to you, for you to be. And I said, where do I have to be? <laughs> And so she said, well, can you be somewhere by 1230? Can you be done by 1230? I said, well, I can make it that, that happen. And so uh, she gave me my first clue on Sunday, uh, Saturday morning. She said, uh, you and Mom go golfing. She had it in this rhyme and things like that. Done a really good job. But, so we went golfing, and uh, then she had a clue. I got a clue. She gave the clue to the, uh, the golf pro, and uh, he gave it to us after we got done golfing and said, your next will be found at where I work and so she she went to we went to Sal's where she works and and they gave us the next clue and the next clue was go home and take a shower because you probably stink from golfing and uh, so we took that we took that advice and then uh, the next clue was at the house and it said to go to where dad works and uh, so we came to the church and there was a whole bunch of folks waiting for us here and a uh, great time of fellowship I appreciate all those that came out and supported uh, that uh, we were surprised and appreciate all the gifts and all the uh, prayers and all the support. We, we do love our church. And it was, as I say, it was good to, to be on vacation, but it's even better to be home. And we love our church. And uh, uh, pray for Miss Christie. She's not feeling well this morning. She was looking forward to being here. And uh, then she uh, woke up, had her dress ready and everything, and she's just very sick this morning. So you pray for her. As I was praying about what to preach this morning, Lord gave me this thought on words of wonder, words of wonder, uh, some words that uh, the, the Word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And, uh, you know, someone has said there's power in few words. The Bible says, a fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it until afterward. And then the Bible says, a wise man will hear... And will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. Someone has said that God has given us two ears to, to hear with and one mouth to speak with. So what that means is we should listen twice as much as we speak. I thought that was pretty good words of counsel there. Someone else said that God has given us uh, two gates to guard our tongues and our teeth and our lips. And uh, how we need to protect those things and... Uh, have you ever known someone, ever known someone that uh, just likes to hear themselves speak? Anybody? I'm the only person that's ever met anybody like that. But they just, I mean, they just want to hear their voice, I guess. I don't know what it is, but I've met people like that. And on the other hand, have you ever met someone that you want to hear more about what they have to say? I mean, I think of some of the elder, elder men and women uh, in our church and uh, elders that I know that are just so full of wisdom and you want to gleam on, you want to get everything you can from them, but they don't say a whole lot. But everything they say, there's some meaning, there's some, there's some power behind what they have to say. You see, there's power in words, such as, let me give you an example. What do you think about all the lives that have been saved by these three words here? Stop drop and roll 
Think about that. Stop, drop, and roll. All the countless lives that have been, have been saved from, uh, from that phrase, stop, drop, and roll. Not many words, but much wisdom. I thought about preaching on those words, stop where you are, drop what you're doing, and roll with God's plans. I thought about doing that, and that'll be a good message someday to preach, but God didn't give me liberty to do that message. But I came across in my devotions as I was uh, on the cruise, and, and I came across Psalm 46, and that's where we're going to be at. Psalm 46, a very powerful portion of scriptures, come, become one of my favorite psalms. And I'm going to read this psalm to you. And I want to uh, look at three life-changing words that, uh, that we can apply from the scriptures here. Words of wonder. Words of wonder make you think about, make you stop and ponder. And uh, notice each word that I have today that I'm going to give you uh, and doesn't involve you saying anything. Just song, all that involves is you doing them. All right, in Psalm 46, notice the Bible says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will, I, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried up in the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and, are, uh, and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, the bow, the bow and cutteth the, the spear asunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father again. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for the word of God and the words of God and, and how we can uh, just learn from your word and hear what you have to say to us this morning. Lord, I ask if there's one here that doesn't know you, that today will be the day of salvation. Speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, we'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The first life-changing word or the word of wonder that I want to give to you, I want you to look there in Psalm 46, verse 10 and 11. The Bible says again in verse 10, it says, Thou makest to turn, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, verse 10 here, uh, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge Selah. That first word I want you to think about is linger. Linger or stop. The, the Bible says here to be still and know that I am God. The word be still means, it means to linger, to, uh, to stay in place. It, uh, the word selah here means to pause or to stop and meditate, to think about or uh, to think about what the Lord is doing. That's what this word means here. Sometimes I believe we need to just stop sometimes and linger. Just stop and see what God is doing in our lives. We need to uh, find out what the Lord is trying to reveal to us. 
You see, with everything that's going on, I, uh, of course, as we're on vacation, we heard about the shootings and uh, the shooting there in Las Vegas and, and uh, brought me to tears thinking about how this heartless man could do such a uh, terrible act and, and, and the things that are going on in our country with hurricanes and, and the wildfires and the mass shootings and the spiritual apathy that's going on in our country, rumors of wars and the self-centeredness and the list could go on and on what's going on in our society. I believe that what we need to do as Christians is we need to stop and see what God is trying to tell us. We need to stop and say, well, God, what would you have me to do in this situation? I believe it's time for us to pause and be still and think about what he is doing. You see, I believe he's warning us that the day of his appearing is at hand. I mean, you look through the scriptures and you find out through the scriptures. I know we've heard it for years and years and years, but I believe that his return is sooner than it's ever been. I mean, God is going to return. There was many that thought that September 23rd, the stars were going to line up and everything was going, and God was going to come back then. I told everybody that I knew that told me that he's not going to come back Saturday. It doesn't matter. He's not going to come back. Why? Because God knows the day. No man knoweth the day nor the hour. Then God comes back. It it might come back Friday night before or Sunday uh, at 12.01, but I don't believe it's going to be on Saturday. There was too many people trying to predict that. And I can tell you this, God knows. And I can tell you this also, I don't know, but I know he's coming. And I know his coming is soon. And we need to just sit and think about that, folks. As we we look about what's going on, God is showing us some things. That his return is at hand. That his return is at hand. Too many times we go through life, I believe, and and, uh, we do it within our own power. We've come to the point in our lives where we are comfortable or content with what we are and what we do. And, and uh, um, we think we're doing all this ourselves. We've worked hard for what we've got. We do what we do. And listen very carefully. God can take it all away just like that. Do you realize that? God could take it all away. It's not yours. It's his. And it's only by God's grace, the grace of God, that we are what we are and, uh, and that is saved, saved by his wonderful grace. Some have this mentality that God owes them something. Have you ever met people like that? They think that God owes them something and, and they deserve better. I tell you, God owes, God doesn't owe us anything. God's been good to us, but he doesn't owe us anything. The Bible says he's not a debtor to anyone. So he owes us nothing and, and, and he doesn't owe us anything and and. What we deserve is we deserve to spend eternity in the devil's hell. But I'm thankful, amen, I'm thankful that I don't get what I deserve. I'm thankful for that because I deserve to spend eternity in hell. But God, by his wonderful grace, has saved me from that penalty of hell. We need to stop and consider some things this morning. We need to realize that everything we have is by his wonderful grace. You see, we could not do it on our own. We can't. We must give credit where credit is due. He deserves all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. See, the Bible says that he is a jealous God, and if we are singing our own praises, we're not giving him what is due. You know, we need to consider that he's our provider. Now, I know everyone, most people in here, they have a job, they're on Social Security, whatever, the uh, disability, whatever. The, we all have money coming in from different avenues, different ways. But can I tell you that God is our provider? Right. 
your employer, the state, the government, those things, that is not your provider. We need to stop and stop thinking about that, that it's, it's somebody else's responsibility. We need to realize that if we're a child of God, he's the one that's provided for us. He's our provider. Look there in verse 3 and through 5 of Psalm 46. It says, Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, stop and ponder this. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. The Lord is compared to as the great shepherd. He's our shepherd. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, a shepherd will provide for his own. God has provided. He, he has provided our every need. And he'll do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to care for his sheep. You see, we need to realize everything we have, God has given it to us. There's no self-made men in this room or women. God has done it. God has been so good to us. Just think about all that God has given to us, how good God has been. We're getting ready to come into the season of thanksgiving. And that's a time of the year that we really focus on what God has done for us. And we give praise and, and thanks for all that God has done and what he's doing in our lives. Folks, we need to have that attitude all year round, thanking God for what he's done for us in our lives. So you may, have not, you may not have everything that you want, but you have everything that you need. We need to stop and consider that he's our provider, but also he's our protector. You know, look there in verse 1, it says, God is our refuge. God is our refuge. You know that refuge, I I looked it up, what it means is a place of safety, security, and shelter. God is our shelter. He's our safety. He's our security. He's our protector. The Bible again says there in, in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He's the one that's our protector, folks. You know what? Sometimes we have all these uh, fears of what may happen. Can I tell you, nothing's going to happen to you that God doesn't already know about. Nothing's going to happen to us. Someone, I, I've, I've met many people that, are, uh, they, that we talk about the cruise, and they say, oh, I can, never get on, I can never get on a ship and go in the ocean. It's kind of like, you know, I don't like heights. And they, 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 say, they say, I can never do that. We're right there in the middle of the ocean. I said, you know what, if God has, if that's your time, that's your time. Whether you're on a flight, in a car, in a boat, uh, working, it doesn't matter. God has our days numbered. He's the one that's in control. He's our protector. A shepherd will risk his own life for a sheep. Do you realize that? A shepherd fights off adversities, and we don't have to worry about anything. Uh, Folks, we live in a time uh, in society that we're all worried about everything that's going on. There's so many people that are on these uh, these medications because of anxiety and because of fear and because of all these things. And, and, and folks, I realize there's some people that need those things, but can I tell you that God's our protector? 
God's our protector. Be careful for nothing but everything and by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What that's telling us is that we don't have to worry about anything. God is in control. Give it to God and leave it with him. That's where we need to find ourselves, folks. We need to realize, stop and consider that he's our provider. He's our protector. But also notice there he's our strength. Our, our power. He says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. You realize that without his power, we could not accomplish anything. Without God, I mean, you think about this so many times. I've tried to do it in my life, is try to get through things and try to do things in my own power, only to find that I fall miserably on my face. But with him, all things are possible through Christ, which strengthens me we got to look to Him. He's our power. The Bible says, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. We have the power that is needed, folks, through Him. The Bible says in Romans 8, 37, Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Not through ourselves. It's not what I can do or what you can do. It's what He can do in our lives. We need to consider He's our provider, our protector, our power, but also He's our promise. Look there in verse uh, 1 and 2 again. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear. Then look there in verse 10, 11. It says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. See, we have this promise that He is God. If God be for us, who could be against us? We need to stop and think about these things, that He's the one that's our provider. He's the one that is our protector. He's our power. He's our promise. If we had hope in this world, we'd be all men most miserable, the Bible says. If this, is only, if this is our only hope, we have, we have nothing to have peace about. Or, but we have a promise that he's not going to leave, it, leave us here comfortless. That he's left his Holy Spirit to live and abide with us. But he also said he's not just going to leave us. That he's going to come again and receive us that where he is that we may be also. See, we have a promise that if we're the children of God, that he is God. And that he is all-powerful. See, the second word I want you to look at is the word look. The word look. So first it's linger, then it's look. Look at uh, 46 verse 8. It says, come, behold the works of the Lord. That word behold there, I looked it up, and, and, and it, what it means is to stand in awe of or to gaze at. It means to, uh, it means to behold. It, it means to look at, to contemplate with pleasure. That's what it means. You see, when we think about that, we need to look to Jesus for our salvation. Stop and contemplate with pleasure to gaze at the fact that Jesus is our salvation. There's none other but the Lord Jesus Christ. There's some people that look to works for their salvation. There's some people that look to water for their salvation. There's some people that look to many different things. But Jesus says, He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but through Him. There in Hebrews 12, too, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It is Jesus. Salvation is in nothing or, uh, nothing or anything else or anyone else. In John chapter 3, he explains it very 
uh, very well there in John 3, 14. It says this, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Nicodemus was confused by this, this, you must be born again. He had no idea what he was talking about, but Jesus made the new birth very plain. He used an Old Testament illustration here also. He says the children of Israel, they were snake bitten. We know the story. Uh, I believe it's in Numbers uh, chapter 14, I believe. But uh, he, the, the children of Israel, were, they were bitten by the, the serpent and they started to die off. And so after they started to die off, uh, uh, God told them to uh, have a brazen serpent and lift up that brazen serpent uh, in the wilderness there. And as they looked to the brazen serpent through faith, they were saved. Jesus said here, even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. You see, the children of Israel were bitten. And they had to look up by faith, trusting what God had promised. The children of Israel, uh, he also has have told us we've all been bitten by that old serpent, the devil. We've been bitten, we've been snake bitten, and we're going to die. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. We're all going to die. Now, let me share this with you. But the fact continues, the fact is that God said But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So how is it that everyone's going to die, but we have eternal life? That seems seems like it contradicts itself. See, the Christian will never die. Do you realize that? You say, Pastor, what do you mean the Christian will never die? The Bible teaches us that the Christian will never die. Oh, we may go to the grave, but the Bible teaches us that our body be reunited with our spirit one day and we have what kind of life everlasting life if it's everlasting then it never comes to an end folks we have everlasting life the gift of god through jesus christ our lord is everlasting life the christian will never die we have eternal life the same way that they were saved in the old testament looking by faith is the same way that we are saved in the New Testament. We look to Jesus through faith. Plus nothing, minus nothing. It's through faith we trust in Jesus Christ to save us. In the gospel that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again for us. And that's what we have our faith in. Believing that Jesus was lifted up, that he was buried, and he rose again. If we trusted in that... Folks, we look to Him for our salvation and Him alone. It's not anything that we can do. It's all through faith in Jesus Christ, what He has done. See, we look to Jesus alone for salvation. He's the way, the truth, and the life. But also we need to look to Jesus while we're suffering. Now there's times that we're suffering. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.14, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Sometimes we have this idea that the Lord doesn't understand. 
He just don't understand what I'm going through. But the Bible teaches us very clearly here that he was tempted just as we were tempted. He's, he's went through it all just as we have gone through. He's had infirmities. He's had those things that have come to him, come at him. But can I tell you that it, the Bible says that he sinned not. See, though, during those hard times, we need to look to him. So many times we look to uh, self-help books. We look to our friends. We look to... Uh, different things. We, some people look to the bottle. Some people look to drugs. Some people look at different things. But listen, folks, what we need to look to is the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to trust in Him. Look to Him while we're suffering. When we are defeated and we need to look to Him. You see, the enemy, the devil, the old serpent, he wants to destroy our testimonies. He wants to defeat us. He wants to do everything he can to get us stop serving God. He wants to lose your testimony. But can I tell you, we can look to the Lord when we're in time of trouble. We can look to Him in that time of need. I came across, I came up with my New Year's resolution in October. Came up with it this last week. And uh, I want you to pray for me. I'm serious about this. But anytime I have a bad attitude or a bad thought, I, I, I'm going to look to Jesus for my help. And I'm going to start memorizing a scripture that will help me with that bad thought, with that bad attitude or whatever's going on. And I figured by the time next week, I should have the entire Bible memorized. See, I, I, we need to look to the Lord for our help. The Bible says in Psalm 121, it says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence my, cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made the heaven and the earth. Folks, we can, I try to be as much of a help and encouragement to you, but I can't do anything. If I'm a helper and encouragement to you, it's because the Lord has used me. It's nothing that I can do. It's nothing that you can do for me. It's all because of Him. We need to give Him the glory, looking to Jesus while we're suffering, but also looking to Jesus while we're slipping. You know, I've witnessed people backslide. We all have. And some of us in this room have. I've backslidden on God before. Even Peter backslid. The Lord looked at Peter, but Peter should have been looking at the Lord. Don't get all high-minded and think, oh, this could never happen to me. You see, take heed lest you fall. Maybe it already has happened. Was you once on fire and now you're not? You might have once been compassionate, but now you're complacent. Once you were praising, but now you're pouting. And there's some people out there that are saying, that's me. I, I've, been, I've been praising. I used to praise God, but now I just pout about everything. Pout about what's the preacher going to say. And what the people at church, they're mean to me. And we just find ourselves pouting about things. Once faithful, but now fearful. If you're further away from God than you was a month ago, I believe that we've backslidden on God. Because we, as Christians, it's called progressive sanctification. We can continue to grow in the Lord. It's, it's, a, daily, it's a daily battle. And, we, and folks, Christians, we need to get to the point that every day we get a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer to the Lord. Draw nigh unto Him, and He will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. We need to look to Jesus and uh, live a new life. You know, remember when you got saved? You know, you were, you were baptized, you were buried in with him in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. 
Folks, we are, as Christians, we're to walk in newness of life, but also we need to look to Jesus and leave our burdens behind. I know we get so overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed, too, with just the burdens of this world, burdens of family and finances and just all the cares of this world. But you know what God says? He said, cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Folks, we can, we can give those cares, those burdens. I told you here some time ago, I believe it was two or three years ago, I said, God, it's all yours. This church is yours. My family is yours, my wife, my children, my home, my house, uh, everything that I have. God, it belongs to you. And you know what that does when we do that? It lifts the burdens. You know why? Because we say, you know, I trust you in it all, Lord. If, if it's all yours, you're going to have to be the one that takes care of it. You're going to have to be the one that, that meets the needs. God, it's all you. It's not me. It's not on me anymore. You know what? We can live a life a peace knowing that God is in control, trusting Him. Then I want you to notice the last thing. The last word we have is listen. Listen. So we linger, we look, and then we listen. Notice, look at there in verse 6. Notice it says, He uttered His voice. He uttered His voice, and the earth melted. When God has something to say, we need to listen. Just like I was telling you, and more importantly than what I was telling you, there's some people, I tell you, I just I want to grab every word they have to say. Brother Travis, you know what I'm talking about? I know when you're sitting with your dad and you're sitting there talking to him, every word that he has to say, you just want to grab onto it because there's so much wisdom. Not a whole lot of words sometimes, but there's so much wisdom in what they have to say. And can I tell you, when God says something, it behooves us to listen to what he has to say. We need to listen. You know what the Bible says? We need to listen for His commands, what God has spoken to us. The Bible says in John 2, 5, His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever He saith, do it. And I say to us Christians today, whatever soever He says, whatever He says to us, we better be doing it. We need to listen to His commands. Either you'll go and hide from the voice of the Lord like Adam and Eve as they, they heard the Lord coming in the midst of of the cool of the day, they heard the Lord coming, and they went and hid themselves. Either we'll be like Adam and Eve, or we'll be like Samuel. When God was calling on Samuel, he didn't recognize the voice of the Lord at first, and he went to Eli, and he said, hey, did you call me? And that's the way I talk. So he said, he said did you call for me? And he says, no, you need to go back. And then he heard it again. He went back to Eli, and then he said, go and, and listen to what the Lord has to say, because it's the Lord speaking to your heart. Folks, either we will be like Adam and Eve and hide or we'll be like Samuel and hear what God has to say. Amen. And not only do we need to hear, we need to obey. We need to obey what God has to say. We need to be listening for his commands, but also listening for his call. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1 says, After this I looked and behold a door was opened into heaven and the first voice which I heard was as if it was a, a trumpet talking with me. This is what is known as the rapture of the church. I don't know about you folks, but I'm getting excited about the rapture of the church. Are you getting excited about that? The fact that God, the trumpet, the Bible says that, that one day the trumpet's going to sound. And we Christians are going to be raised up. The Bible says there in 1 Thessalonians, 
4, 16 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Folks, that's not, that's not something that should bring fear to us. That should bring comfort to us, knowing that we're going to be forever with our Lord and Savior. One of these days, and I believe it won't be long, the Bible says we're going to be caught up together. That word caught up, Mary, it comes from a word called harp, harpezo. And what that means is to be snatched away, to be caught up. It's, it's a fisherman's term, what they used to harpoon a fish in, back in the days. And what they did is they'd harpoon that fish, and as they yanked it out of the water, that's exactly how we're going to be, folks. In that great day, we're going, to be, we're going to be caught up into the clouds. We're going to be snatched away from this earth. And I don't know about you, but I'm listening for that sound, that voice of the archangel with the trumpet of God we need to be listening for that final call let me ask you are you ready are you ready the Bible says there in Amos prepare to meet thy God O Israel and I say this to you church are you ready if God was to come back today will you be with us will you be with the Lord or will you be left behind see we need to think about these three words as we ponder these things this morning these words of wonder we need to linger stop and think about what God is doing but also we need to look we need to look to the Lord for our salvation for our for our help but also we need to listen be looking and listening for that wonderful day when the Lord is going to come back are you prepared are you ready heads are bowed and eyes are closed Linger, look, and listen. Three wonders, words of wonder. Are you ready? As you're here this morning, I want to ask you just a couple questions. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I don't know for sure if I was to die today, I go to heaven. Pastor, pray for me. I just don't know for sure. I need your prayers. I'm not going to come get you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, but I want to pray for you. Anyone like that? Pastor, pray for me. Anyone? Maybe you hear and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I haven't been living for God like I should. Or some, I'd be ashamed if God was to come back today because I'm not right with him. There's some things that's just not right in my life. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone like that? I see that hand. Others? Anyone else? I'm going to pray for you. The Bible teaches us that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. You know, we can start afresh every day. Because I can tell you this, each one of us, every day, we miss the mark. We, we, we sin. You know, and it takes a prayer of saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me where I failed you to get that sweet fellowship once again. But the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want to encourage you, men and women, boys and girls around the room, to find a place at the altar and make sure we're ready. Not only ready for salvation, that we've been saved, but that we're ready for the Lord, that we're not going to be ashamed when he comes. Won't you find a place at the altar? Our Heavenly Father, again, thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you for how you've challenged me. 
You've challenged me to, to linger, to stop and think about what you're doing in my life and what you're doing uh, around me. Lord, I pray that, Lord, I would pause and meditate on what, you, what you're doing. God, that we would look, look to you for our help, for our salvation. Lord, I pray that we'll, listen, we'll be listening for that trumpet sound. Lord, I pray that Christians around the room would find a place at the altar, make sure things are right with you, because it could be today. Lord, you could return today. May we be pleased at your coming. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. For that one that raised their hand saying there's some things that's not right in their life, Lord, I pray that they would find a place at the altar as well and just ask for forgiveness and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways. Lord, I pray that you would challenge our hearts and convict us where we need it. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet? Miss Haley's going to begin playing softly. God has spoke to you. Would you come? Don't wait. Just be obedient to the Lord. Are you looking for his appearing? Are you listening to what he has to say? seated. do appreciate you being here this morning. Come back tonight and see what the Lord has for us. Let me give you just a few announcements as we uh, close the service uh, this, this morning. I want to remind you this coming Friday, this coming Friday from 6 uh, to 9.30, we're going to have our, our fall festival here at the church. We're going to have a hayride, uh, planning on a hayride, having some uh, jumpy houses out here, just having a good time, so having some hot dogs and uh, a weenie roast outside and uh, maybe some marshmallows and s'mores, things such as that. We want you to invite your friends and family, and it's going to be, I'm opening it up to the community, so we want to, uh, to welcome all those that are able to come to be here that evening, and that'll be from 6 to 9.30. You don't have to stay the whole time, uh, but also we'll have candy for the kids. It's kind of our Halloween alternative, okay? So uh, uh, make sure the, the kids have plenty of candy. I'll have plenty of candy here for them, and so they don't have to go out and trick-or-treat and uh, things such as that. Um, then I want you to remember, oh, this Saturday, teenagers, we're going to have a teen activity this coming Saturday at noon here at the church. Um, we're going to go out uh, and go to um, uh, corn maze. We're going to do a corn maze, and uh, I didn't, sorry I didn't tell you, Brother Caleb, we organized this yesterday, and uh, but I wanted to do a corn maze with the teenagers. That's this coming Saturday, and I think there's some other activities. I think the cost is $10, so if you can have $10 with you, we'll leave here at, at noon on Saturday, and uh, looking forward to a great time. Then uh, another announcement on Sunday, October the 29th, that's the last Sunday, Sunday of the month, we having the Lord's Supper here at church, and then we'll have a pitch-in dinner afterwards, short, followed by a short afternoon service. So I want you to plan on being here October the 29th for the Lord's Supper, dinner on the grounds, no p.m. service that evening. And then Saturday, November the 4th at 9 o'clock, we'll be having our prayer breakfast. We're going to resume that. So prayer breakfast, 
Saturday, 9 o'clock, November the 4th. Then afterwards, we're going to go out and uh, knock some doors. So all that wood uh, to be able to, they can want to go out, and I'll have some uh, designated spots that I want people to go to and just invite people to come to church and uh, share uh, the Word of God with people. We had a great time yesterday. Brother Doug and I went out and knocked uh, probably about 25, 30 doors yesterday, and uh, Brother Doug presented the gospel in such a way to one family. Now, they didn't get saved. They said they were already saved, but we, uh, he presented the gospel. I tell you, it was probably one of the clearest presentations of the gospel that I've ever heard, and he said, I was so nervous, and I was with you, and I was so nervous. He said, you done a wonderful job, and so uh, I tell you, it was so encouraging uh, to me to see other people out wanting to go out door knocking, invite people to church and also share the Word of God with them so that you come planned uh, to go soul winning with us and prayer breakfast on November the 4th. All right, then we have happy birthday to Brother Alan Basor. His, uh, Basor, his birthday is tomorrow, and he'll be 28 years old tomorrow. So happy birthday to him. Yes, Brother Adam. Wonderful. So all those that heard didn't was able to hear, we're going to have a Back to Bethlehem meeting next Sunday after church. So make sure that you come uh, prepared for that. It's going to be a good meeting. Looking forward to be praying uh, for our Back to Bethlehem. We want to see, uh, uh, we just want the Lord's will to happen. And so we want to see if the Lord's will will see souls saved and lives changed. So we pray for that. Yes, Ms. Suzanne. in candy or give us money we can do that. Pray for those missionaries. Uh, pray, pray for our missionaries. Next month is Missions Month. And but I, I tell you we ought to be praying for our missionaries on a daily basis. They're going through some persecution right now that we have no idea what they're going through. And so you pray for our, our missionaries and then other missionaries out there that are presenting the Word of God. Pray for those folks. All right. I think that's all the announcements. Let me say, uh, as the men are coming forward for our offering, I want to pray for our Missionary of the Week is Richard and Oksana uh, Mayer family. And then our Family of the Week, Brother Jack and Miss Martha Schaus, so you remember them in your prayers. Our Deacon of the Week, Brother Travis Ivers. And then our Trustee of the Week, Brother Jimmy Clevenger. You remember these folks in your prayers, if you would. All right, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Josh, or would you please ask a blessing? Dear Jesus, I ask you to take this offering
prayer again. Thank you for being here this morning. Come back tonight and see what the Lord has for us. Brother Travis, sir, would you close us in order? Thank you for the message this morning. Help each one of us, Father, to be still. Our lives are busy. And we pray, Father, you'd help us to take time to stop and to meditate. And Lord, to think about you. Thank you for your word and how it speaks to us. Help us to be in your word, studying. And Lord, we thank you most of all for sending your son. Lord, we pray as we leave here today that you give us safe travels, bring us back at the appoint time. These things we ask in your precious name. Amen.